Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Yellow Tech Road Podcast. I'm your host, Omar Zaran. Thank you so much for tuning in for another episode of the podcast. So happy to have you here. And today, we're going to get into a little bit of a, I guess, a philosophical discussion. And this all started with two bits of news. Um, the first was... Today was the the day that Microsoft pulled the plug on support for Windows Phone and Windows Mobile, rendering the operating system completely dead, even though we all know it's been dead for quite a long time. And then an unrelated thing I saw as well was I saw an article on The Verge about this app for iPhone. It's called Rewound. And basically what this thing is, is that it ties into Apple Music and allows you to turn your main screen to look like an iPod Classic with the scroll wheel, with the menu button, the play and the backwards and forwards and you know the middle clicking button. And the whole interface just looks like your iPhone now has become an iPod. And you know it's super novel, it's getting a lot of hits and... And eventually they're going to support Spotify as well. And it seems like a cool little app. But it got me thinking. Why is it that right now, in over the past few years, I guess, so, so really since 2015 or so, we've been, as a society, obsessed with retro technology? If you look in, into so many different avenues, we're bringing back... Things that were popular in the 70s, 80s, 90s, in some cases in the 50s or 60s. I mean, look at the reemergence of vinyl, which is which is always I always thought was kind of funny because, you know, obviously we had the record players for years, and then eventually, you know, they moved on to eight track, and then the cassette, then the CD, then the digital age. And as the CD was dying and physical media stores were dying, this movement of higher quality through vinyl became a thing. And now, basically, if you go into a Best Buy location and you wanted to buy a music CD, you couldn't, but you could buy a vinyl. Which is So it's something interesting how we have this fixation and fascination with what used to be and things that we used to have. And the immediate thing that came to my mind immediately was the emergence of retro gaming consoles that have hit the market over the past couple of years. And, you know, I was a victim of it. Um, maybe not a victim. I, I guess I bought into it. I bought into the hype of the uh, retro gaming consoles a couple years ago when the Super NES uh, Classic came out with, you know, a bunch of preloaded games and the controller looked just like a Super Nintendo console looked just like a Super Nintendo. Obviously, there's no cartridges. So it was all loaded on the machine, and you couldn't add more games to it, but it was, a, I think, like 40 games or so. So I buy this thing, and, you know, I hook it up. You know, it has an HDMI hookup, and the 
controllers are wired and they're you're just getting this flashback like you were back you know in in your younger years and you're eight years old or whatever and fire up super mario world and you know go to town and honestly and you know they were cheap right so cost of entry of these things was like fifty dollars or something and i'm playing it i played it one time and i had it for like over a year and then finally i just decided to sell it and it was just like a novelty buy but you know they're getting popular uh not only nintendo so nintendo did the nes and then the super nes sega has a genesis one there's word of a dreamcast one coming out sony tried their hand at a playstation one one and they kind of actually experienced the the backlash of doing something like that incorrectly you you're looking at you know games that they pick weren't really that good it was a little overpriced and overall it was not received very well and to, to the point where i think that after, at some period of time you had it uh, for as cheap as twenty dollars or something at certain stores and so that was kind of uh, an interesting thing but even like in video games that are on next gen consoles we you know when street fighter got relaunched everybody was so excited that they didn't try some new 3d animated world it was more so that 2d fighting style with the same style graphics and nothing it looked like you were playing street fighter 3 from back in the day and i just think that people just ultimately were just rejecting the idea of a well-known franchise to change in that aspect and it's an interesting take by nintendo to kind of lead the charge there because nintendo has always been the company that just goes and does something way out in left field and sees what happens if you look at their progression how they went from the super nintendo to like the N64 and then the GameCube and then Wii which was totally category shifting into the Switch and but then they they've gone into these um these retro consoles and they seem to really be resonating and just because it you know attaches people into their youth and it's not just them another thing that you've seen lately are retro style phones just the other day Motorola announced a, a new reimagined Moto Razor where they're going to take the branding of their old phone and you know put put the little modern spin on it but you know really rely on the name brand of that old phone. And then you have companies like Nokia coming out and just going ahead and re-releasing older phones the 3310 came out and it became an instant hit people were buying it just to buy it and say they had the 3310 again and here's my phone with snake and you know it, we see more of that beyond the world of tech look into look into cameras how the polaroid camera or the fujifilm had a polaroid style camera that came out that was kind of like a just again a novelty item that just kind of gives you a throwback movies do this as well you often will hear a lot of uh, moviegoers and really movie buffs 
talking about how oh it's terrible because everything is either a book or a remake or a comic book movie you know there's no singular original thought in movie making anymore and you see that with cars as well i remember when i was younger uh ford had came out and redid the thunderbird and the idea was it was a really popular model in the 40s and 50s and they wanted to reimagine it when they redid the mustang a while ago it was inspired by the 1960s version and you continue to see companies dig in to why what worked for them when they were at their peak and hoping that it could help them rise up from the depths because think about all these companies i just mentioned they're all struggling you know um i mentioned nintendo you know nintendo is in third place in the console wars behind uh, Microsoft and Sony. Nokia is trying to relaunch their phone brand. Motorola hasn't been relevant in years. Ford was, at that time, was starting to see some heat from Toyota and Honda and other foreign automakers. And, you know, Polaroid didn't really exist until they decided to rebrand something because their industry and their brand was dying as well. It's something that I call the bell-bottom theory. And basically, it's the idea that everything eventually is going to make a comeback. And I remember when I was growing up in you know in the 90s and in the 2000s, and bell-bottoms, uh, you know, the women's jeans, had just made this huge comeback, and everybody was wearing them. And obviously, you know, they first gained popularity in the 60s. And then the idea was... You know, everything that is popular is eventually going to come and have a rebirth down the line. It's what you see with vinyl records. It's what you saw with bell bottoms. It's what you'll see even you look at the phone industry, the way the trajectory has gone. So we had very large phones, and then they got miniature. Now they, they, they got large again, and now they're starting to get smaller again, as with screen-to-body ratio and now folding phones and things of that sort. So everything, it's like a cycle, and everything is going to have its turn until, you know, it's ready for the next thing that's being rejuvenated to come and have its turn. And so why does this stuff happen? Why do we have an inherent interest in going back to something old as opposed to venturing on into something new? I think... As you look into like my generation, so I'm in my early 30s. I'll be 33 in March. We grew up on all these, all this tech when it was at a rapid pace. So the the jump from one model to the next was so huge because innovation was constantly happening. These days, innovation doesn't happen as much. You think about like something like the iPhone. Over the last four years, it's basically been a very iterative product. You look at computers, they've kind of plateaued. TVs have kind of plateaued. So what's there really to keep our interest? Nothing new because not the big advancement hasn't been happening. What's really going to keep our interest is rekindling an emotion. Rekindling the emotion of what we used to think was uh, awesome and so cutting edge way back in the day. 
recently, I think a, a couple years ago, Sony celebrated the 40th anniversary of the Walkman. And as a result, they released a MP3 player that looked just like the Walkman. And, you know, a few people buy bought it, but there, it was interesting and it was buzzworthy and you know, people got a little hype about it just because, you know, they remember their Walkman. Same way people remember their Super NES and playing Mario until 3 o'clock in the morning when they were younger. So companies know this and they're capitalizing on it. They're going to mass market these devices because they ultimately want you to dive in and spend your money on it and if it has a little bit of a lower cost of entry excellent because you're not going to spend big big money on a re-release product but you're buying it for the novelty of what it used to be and and what used to be you know exciting tech for you when you were uh, younger 10 15 or 20 years ago so they, they're always going to charge a, just a little bit, not not too much extra. And it's a thing where you are having companies, it's all over the place. Headphone manufacturers are designing headphones to look more like the old studio headphones from the 50s. And you, got, you have certain like home designs now, which are going more of a, a classic approach. And this is something that's just present across all industries. It's not just a tech thing, but, you know, it's really prevalent in tech. And even, like, you think of the way that people are buying, like, even, like, certain accessories or certain cases look like old stuff. Or you'll have some people who are selling iPhone skins that look like the original iPhone that came out over 10 years ago. And it's just this fixation with the past that we have. And again, companies are really just going all out and catering to that because that's what the people are asking for. And I mentioned movies earlier. I think that's the reason why there isn't really a new idea. Because right now, think about anticipated movies. Almost all of them are in some sort of franchise or are somehow affiliated with a Disney franchise, whether it be Star Wars or Marvel or something like that. Everything has to have a name brand to it. So if you're Motorola and you're making a phone, no one really cares about a Moto Z, but they love the Razor. And that's interesting. And same thing with Nokia. You know, they're, they're supposed to be coming out with their 9.1 View or whatever. No one really cares about that because... That's not the phone that got them in. If they came out with some new version of uh, N-Series or something, maybe you'd be more interested because people are familiar with that brand name. So it really comes to the question to me is, are these companies actually running out of ideas or are they only pushing out things because they know that we will reject something new? And honestly, I think it's more so that we'll reject something new. Because anytime a new idea or something new comes out, people have a tendency to reject it. And when in this kind of an environment where failure happens all the time, a company is bound to play it safe because they want to make money. I think back to the the next bit Robin. Uh, it was a 
Kickstarter phone, one of the few Kickstarter phones that really actually ended up reaching mass market. And it looked weird. You know, it was very square and boxy. The fingerprint sensor was on the side. It utilized this weird cloud storage idea where it had a a system of when you're not using an app for a certain amount of time and you're low on storage, it would just back up the app data to the cloud until you're ready to use it again. It was a great idea. The issue is, is like they tried so many different things at once that the people who who were testing it out just wouldn't just wouldn't embrace it. And I, I look at that with tech reviewers as well. What they do is anything that's different or not quite what they expect is going to get slammed. It's why they always end up favoring Samsung and Apple. You know, those companies make excellent products, but they also make very familiar products. So when Sony comes out with a phone and they do something a little bit different with a super tall aspect ratio, all of a sudden it's weird. Or when OnePlus or or Google come out with a 90 hertz refresh OLED panel, they say, oh, it's a little unnecessary, as you know, despite it being nice. But when it becomes industry standard a couple years down the line, it becomes a situation where they're they're embracing it and say, oh, this is an amazing bit of tech, and this I would I can't go back to anything else, and so on and so forth. So it's a graduation period and if you're a struggling company so right now look at like a company like LG a company who's known and trying something different in the mobile space what real incentive do they have to try something super super different which is why when they may release their folding phone recently it was more of a compromise because they just went in uh, with the accessory that they already had and refined it as opposed to going all in on a folding device. And ultimately, these companies know that they have investors and stockholders and shareholders, and they got to keep all those people satisfied. And the way they keep them satisfied is by doing two things. Re-releasing old product for a new generation, and also just refining what they already have because they don't want people to change too much you know they'll tweak this here maybe mess with the design color there but ultimately they're going to keep on repackaging the same stuff so when it comes down to it we have to look into it and say you know we're going to complain about the iphone looking the same every year and functioning the same every year we're going to complain about why should i buy a new samsung tv when my old one and the new one aren't too much different, there's just minor differences here and there. You know, that's what we asked for. You know, whenever companies try to get wacky and innovate and do something crazy, we are always going to be there saying, no, this makes me a little uncomfortable. But to me, being uncomfortable is part of the joy of tech, right? You know, I, I love when Nintendo comes out with a wacky new idea with a console. Like when they came out with the Wii, I thought that was great. They're going all in on motion. You know, whether it fails or succeeds, they're just going and getting after it. And, you know, ultimately it didn't work. You know, Microsoft tried it with the Kinect and, you know, that failed as well. So 
you learn, you live and you learn, and then you capitalize on those mistakes. The Switch, you know, took portability and, you know, they saw the formula done by the PS Vita and just made it actually work. And that's why that's a successful product. So it's all like a cycle thing. You know, a lot of wireless earbuds were out before the AirPods really made it popular, but when the AirPods made it popular, then everybody started doing it. So you need like pushes to make things mainstream. And when companies that we trust are doing stuff will tend to make them mainstream, which puts these other companies in the in a little bit of a bind. I think a lot about HTC as a phone maker. For all those years they innovated so many things. But yet here they are, you know, not making phones anymore. Half of the company game bought out by Google. You know, you think about front firing speakers, they did it first. Um, dual lens rear cameras, ultra wide angle front facing cameras, uh, gestures on the side, two button navigation, gesture navigation, all this stuff was done by HTC first. And, you know, it's they were an innovator and ultimately because they're a unknown commodity, their innovations weren't accepted. So I think wrapping it up, all of these retro tech items are really just playing on our need to rekindle something familiar. It's really just an elaboration on our aversion to change a lot of the times. And we just think about the good. I always feel like when you look back on stuff, um, you're always looking at it through graduation goggles in the sense that like when you were in high school, there were so many bad things going on. But after you graduated, you chose to only look back on the good things. And so you said, oh, I'm going to miss this place. I miss these people when the place and the people made your life hell for four years. But you're only thinking about the good times. And that's how we think about tech and stuff. You know, we don't think about how the S Super NES froze all the time and you're blowing on the cartridge looking like a fool. You know, we didn't think about how iPods would freeze and glitch up and had terrible battery life sometimes. You know, we don't, we don't think about that. We just want to think about how that device made us feel when we really appreciated the technology more so than now, now that it's become so commoditized. And in that aspect, they bring about happiness so they're good for the world. But in another aspect... They are, in a way, hindering innovation. And to me, as a tech enthusiast, I'm all about innovation. So all I want to see is these products to still fill their niche, but not to stop companies from continuing to innovate and make everything better. So I'm wondering what you guys think about this. Are you all in on retro tech? Do you... Have you bought a few retro tech items, or do you think that they're kind of a gimmick? Uh, Me, I kind of fall in between. I think they have their place, but I think at times they can hinder some innovation. So I'd love to hear what you guys think about that. Thank you so much again for listening to the podcast. Uh, My name is Omar Zaran. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Yellow Tech Road. You can contact me on Twitter at O-Z-A-H-R-A-N 319 
or email me at ozaran319 at gmail.com. Thank you again for listening to another episode of the Yellow Tech Road, and I will catch you guys on the next one. Peace.